Welcome to the Spine and Rehab Specialists podcast series. My name is Harry Koster, physical therapist and the host of this podcast. We are a physical therapy company with multiple clinics in the El Paso, Texas area. Each episode, we will go over a different physical therapy or general health related topic just to give you more insight in some of the things that are going on in our field and possibly in your life. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get into it. Well, welcome everybody to another podcast in the Spine and Rehab Specialist podcast series. This is Harry Koster. Um, and with me today, I have Neil Shaw, one of our you know physical therapists, and Benny Herrera, who is not officially related to the company, but actually his wife works here. So welcome, uh, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about baseball. So first, let's go a little bit on the on the history of why we're doing this on baseball. Yes, it's start of baseball season. Are, are we going to have a baseball season? We are. Okay, good. For a while, it didn't look good, but look I guess good. we're going to have a baseball season. Good, good, good. Um, so, Benny, tell me a little bit about your history in, in baseball. I mean, I've played since I was probably five years old, um, you know, uh, little league, middle school, uh, high school, played a little bit of college. Uh, unfortunately, hurt my shoulder, rotator cuff, and it kind of was the end of my career, but uh, I'm now more involved with youth coaching and kind of just like, you know, uh, relating that, you know, what I learned in my days down to the youth now. So awesome. that's where I'm awesome. at now. Well, well welcome uh, being here. And Neil, what is your background in baseball? Why uh, are you here? <laughs> so uh, to start, uh, I also played, I played youth baseball from age six up to about 12. So that's at least playing. That's my experience. Um, really enjoyed it. I've uh, also always just been a huge professional baseball fan. But then in uh, grad school, did a research project on uh, youth and adolescent elbow injuries and the factors surrounding that related to just body mechanics and throwing. You know, what, what's optimal? You know, what, would she, what we should do to monitor and manage and how to prevent injuries in the elbow. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So my baseball background is probably limited. I played in PE in high school, but I don't think it really counts. But um, I did actually have a patient a couple of years ago that uh, when uh, UIL was talking about limiting pitch count, they did an article uh, because of one of the baseball players, you know, good local prospects, you know, did have an elbow injury and ended up with Tommy John surgery. Um, so kind of that's what we're going to talk about, right, about preventing you know, injuries, you know, in baseball, especially, especially in youth baseball. So let's talk a little bit about that, you know, Benny. So, you know, a lot of times in, in, in baseball, we think, you know, pitching is about just shoulder motion, right? And you, you hurt your shoulder, so, but there's more to it, right? So where does it really kind of start? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, really just, it's your whole body. You know, it's not just your arm. Um, uh you know, when I was playing, you know, younger, um, there wasn't so much, I guess, like information and like just uh, research, I think, on it as it is now. Um, so, you know, even the jump from, from high school to college, it was really um, kind of a shock just how much more they put an emphasis on, on you know, working out your lower extremities, you know, your, your core, uh, proper rest, you know, the, you know, the, the long toss, how much you should throw, how often you should throw, you know, the stretches, things of that sort. And, you know, when, when I was younger, even high school, you know, middle school, literally, that never even, you know, I mean, there was the running and stuff, but it was more so with the team. It wasn't so much, like, focused on pitching, yeah. which I think is really important just because if you're going to pitch, I think you should have that 
um, you know, that extra emphasis on what's, you know, what muscles are important. Yeah, because definitely if, if you're only throwing with your shoulder, I mean, that's that's going to be asked or with your arm, that's going to be asking for trouble at some point. Right. So and, you know, that's probably kind of what you found in your research that, you know, started you know, creating these injuries. Yeah. So a major concept with just pitching and throwing is the kinetic chain and that uh, the summation principle in that, which is just the transfer of energy from segment to segment you know, as we go through the pitching motion. Um, we want a model of efficiency when we throw and that involves optimal mechanics, which we could go on for, for days you know, about that. You know, sure. it's, the research world is exciting and there's new developments nearly every week, every day. Um, but in essence, you know, we need efficient mechanics with throwing and it has to start from the ground up. Um, that's where we get our main force from more than 50% of pitching velocity comes from the legs and it goes from there. Um, I was actually thinking of a good example of the kinetic chain and how it works with efficiency while I was working out <laughs> before coming in here. Uh, I was doing some just light cardio work on the treadmill and looking at my notes and I noticed that my heart rate was about 10 or 15 beats higher than I would have liked, but it was because my arms weren't swinging. I wasn't letting energy transfer fully through. When I put the phone back, you know, with some more efficient motion, not fatiguing as fast. Um, so just one everyday example. You know. Yeah, that's interesting. But you think it's like, so adding in arm motion, well, shouldn't that increase your heart rate? But it actually doesn't because of that efficiency thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely when we translate that into, into baseball, if you can be efficient up that whole chain, first of all, you're probably going to be a better pitcher. You're going to have, you know, a faster pitch. But it also means less chance of injury because you're not putting all that force into one body part, but it's now your whole body, you know, doing that. And not to mention that you won't, you'll probably be more efficient and won't fatigue out as fast, which, you know, pitching while fatigued is the most, you know, most major predicting factor for elbow injuries, about 36 to 37% or times more likely to injure your elbow, at least if you're pitching while fatigued. In other words, it's not the first pitch that's bad for you but it's that whatever 80th pitch or you know what whatever so mm -hmm. so benny like give, give us an idea on on you know a typical pitcher in like little league what you're, that you're working with um how many pitches are they doing and what really should be recommended well rule of thumb that i would usually go with is their age times five okay so they're you know they're 10 usually 50 pitches is where you want to be more or less around and then um you know that's pitch count but then you also consider the next day you know or the following day you know can they throw again in a in, in a game scenario where it's not practice where you're going maybe you know 60 70 percent you know to get some of that soreness out right um but in a game where you're going 100 percent, like you know you got to give them some rest as well so um that's usually my rule of thumb is the age times five okay that's, that sounds reasonable as long as I don't that kind of stops at some point because it'd be an awful lot of pitches for me for me my age <laughs> times five <laughs> right. I wouldn't have an arm left but you know so but, but now is that you know so that's kind of your rule but is that like commonly accepted is this like all little league coaches will kind of keep that number or will people go above that oh yeah they'll definitely go above that I mean even in um you know rules with like uh U-triple-S-A which kind of governs like tournaments um here locally and you know nationwide they they go by innings um so you know in an inning you can throw as little as three pitches yeah. or as many as 50 yeah right so and then it goes by 
how many innings can you pitch today before you can pitch tomorrow? So you can pitch one inning, you know, and let's say you throw 40 pitches and you can come back tomorrow and throw another 40, which I think, you know, depending on the age of this child, you know, it's, it can get up there. And those are the rules. It doesn't go by pitch count, which I think it should go by pitch count. Um, and then also days of rest. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think the kids are just not getting a lot of rest, right? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, kids are so motivated or, you know, a lot of times it's probably the, the parents that are so motivated, right? They're looking at this, you know, the career in baseball or the college, you know, scholarship and, yeah. and, and things like yeah. that. So they really want their, their kids to play as much as possible, get as good as possible. And I think a lot of times, you know, parents and probably even coaches just think that the more you pitch, the better you get. But I yeah. think that that comes at a cost. I don't think that's that's really true. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not only the coaches. I mean, some parents also want their kids to be the star pitcher, and they want their kids to pitch every single game, you know. And then, you know, you get into the whole thing of not only pitch count, but now throwing, you know, curveballs or sliders at an age of, you know, their arms are not fully developed, not even close, right? Yep. So, you know, I've, I've never taught a kid how to throw a curveball. And, and they're curious, right, which, I mean, they're kids that want to, you know, they see it on TV and stuff. Sure, is, sure. But, um, you know, just a fastball or a changeup, it's, you know, you don't kind of do your arm in a certain way, you just kind of throw it the same, and it's, it's a, there's a difference in speed, so it's kind of serves like as an off-speed kind of curveball, but there's no real, you know, kind of tug or, you know, weird, you know, throwing motion that can, you know, affect the pitcher's arm. Yeah, that's, that's going to tweak it more. So, Neil, in your research, did you see a difference, or did they mention that at all, like what type of pitching was done, or was that not part of the research? Uh, it was a little bit, not the main focus, but I, I was thinking about that earlier too. And just like many other things in athletics, we want to start with a solid foundation. You know, start with the basics, get them established, make sure we're good and solid with our mobility and strength for throwing a changeup or a fastball before we try to branch into these specialty pitches. Um, you know, we, we don't start a tower from the top, we start from the bottom and build up. You know, and it's the same thing with pitching. Um, but also I do like, I like the age rule for youth pitchers. Uh, yeah. One thing that we saw is 80 pitches roundabout mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah. in a game That's the number I've seen. Um, would be ideal to stay below that number, 2,500 pitches in a full year and less than eight months of competitive pitching in a full year. And I think that's also one of the problems is that sports aren't seasonal anymore, no, right? Yeah. Sports, I mean, there's... Yeah your regular season and then off season and winter season and whatever, whatever season, school season. There's so many different seasons that how much rest do kids really get? Well, there's seasons and then there's, you throw in tournaments at the same time. And sometimes there's, you know, two tournaments every month, you know, and it's, it's just highly, highly competitive, you know? And, um, I remember when I played in little league, I think I played probably two seasons. And then the, the other times I was playing either, you know, basketball or football or just, nothing and just running at the park or riding my bike you know and now there it's just it goes on there's a season every you know season of the year yeah and you throw in the tournaments it's it can be a pretty you know big workload yeah and i think that's that's a problem that it's just so prolonged so repetitive it's always the same thing i think your example of going from baseball to basketball well that's a good thing it's totally different motion right we're not advocating that kids should not be active Right. And when you look, especially at pitching, I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. When you keep doing that so much, you know, mm -hmm. you're asking for trouble. So, so Neil, um, what are some of these injuries that you found that you, know, that you guys concentrated on in, in you know, that research review? So the, the primary injury that we looked at was just to this inner ligament on the elbow, the UCL. 
Um, it supports the arm and the elbow through a certain type of stress when we're throwing. Um, and pitch being such a specialized motion puts a lot of tension on that ligament. You know, it's just the nature of pitching that gets exposed to certain factors that would increase the risk for injury. Um, so the whole game is about minimizing that risk. You know, it's not gone completely, but it'll be there. But primarily uh, the UCL, that ligament that leads to Tommy John surgery if it's injured, um, and then somewhat shoulder. Yeah, definitely. I think you know those are the, the two areas that are going to be a problem. If you really look at that motion, it's such an excessive motion in pitchers. If you if you look at it like normally, you know, like ninety degrees of external rotation is good, right? I mean, that's that's normal. I can go a little bit more than that, and then you start looking at a baseball pitcher that goes another ninety degrees further, just yeah. about, you know. Yeah. So that and you know that puts a lot of strain on that ligament, and of course on the shoulder as well. But then also one of the things I, I didn't realize before is like the the speed that it goes with. I mean, it's I saw some ungodly numbers on the speed going from that external rotation mm -hmm. motion to an internal motion range motion. It was just an incredible speed. Yeah, that the angular velocity of the elbow is just astonishing. And it, the force that goes through there. Yeah, you know, the UCL. If there weren't muscular support for it. It, it can't it can't withstand the force of an 85 mile an hour fastball yeah. it would break every time yeah. so it's it's amazing yeah. you know how we can tolerate that motion it, yeah it's amazing how it can tolerate but then it's not a surprise that maybe it doesn't always you know tolerate it especially when you're you know underdeveloped as a you know as a kid and, you know and you just don't give it a break you don't let it rest you don't let it heal up because there's probably some micro trauma every single game good mm -hmm. let that heal up before you go on to the next one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and just, you know, coaching the kids, because they want to be out there, but, you know, we, we have conversations, like, if, you know, if you feel anything at all, ever, or even fatigue, you need to tell me, you know, like, this is, it's fun, and it's, you know, it's important, the competitiveness and stuff, but it's not everything. You've got a career ahead of you, right? So you don't want, you know, a kid to pitch until he's 12, and then he can't throw anymore, you know? That's kind of, you know, what I want to instill in the kids that I talk to and stuff. And, yeah. I mean, Tommy John surgeries are pretty common in baseball. I read something like 60% or so of all pitchers, I think, have it at some point. You know, but if they if that starts happening in high school or, or even even earlier than that, that's you know, I think that's 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 horrible for these kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's it's important not to fear the injury necessarily, but to just mitigate that risk as long as possible. You know, for a prolonged career. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's that's limiting pitch count. You know, and, and yeah, like you said, it doesn't make sense to go by, by innings because innings are so different. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was actually looking before I came. You know, I was looking at kind of the rules, and I, uh, it's still the same. It's still by innings. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty up there. You know, like you can throw, you know, two innings and then pitch again the next day. You know, but how long are those innings? Yeah. Yeah, and it, I, I was surprised that when the, you know the the paper, the El Paso Times did this article, you know, with with my patient and with me on, you know, on pitch count that it it never went through. I mean, they were proposing it as a pitch count for you know for UIL, so for for middle school, high school, but it never went through. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, to me, that's we gotta protect, you know, protect our kids from, you know, from not getting injured, you know, so easily. So Neil, from your standpoint, like so, from the research standpoint, what what is your advice? What do you think? First of all, what do you think should happen in that youth baseball in general? But also, what should parents look for, or coaches look for, or you know, anybody involved? What should they look for? What 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 are you saying? So, uh, a bit of a loaded loaded topic, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, in, in general, there does still need to be more research 
at the start, you know, it's, it's a developing area, but, um, yeah, monitoring for those signs of fatigue, which, um, I'm curious, you know, what, what types of things you might look for in a picture because they don't always, they don't always tell you is the problem. Um, yeah. A lot of times they'll, 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 you know, shake their arm, something yeah. that they don't naturally do. And then you'll, you know, you'll call time and you go ask them, Hey, you know, I saw you, you know, do this. That's, you know, you can't just, you know, accept it. No, no, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have a real good, you know, heart to heart with that kid and just make sure he's good. You know, it's not, you know, he's going to pitch again. You know, he can't end it all at that, <laughs> in that game, you know? And, you know, some other things that we can look out for, you know, there's, there's little changes like a, a decreased stride length tends to happen when we get tired. Um, there's decreased pitch velocity. Uh, pardon me, I don't remember the certain, like the amount that it decreases, but decreased velocity is an indicator. Mm -hmm. um, decreased accuracy. So if we start going out of the zone, you know, that's, that's a pretty good indication that we're fatigued or increased time between pitches versus the norm. Um, those are some things to look for. Um, one other important distinction that we always talked about was uh, distinguishing pain versus soreness with like the youth population especially. Sometimes they don't know, you know, you ask them yeah. what, you know, are you sore or are you in pain? And right. they don't know what the difference is. Right. You know, pain is specific. It's in that's a certain a great point. point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really soreness good point. Yeah. generalized, um, two different things, different ways to manage them. Um, so definitely that's an important topic as well. Yep. Um, yeah, we could, we could keep going on forever on those things. Uh, I like active rest for soreness. You know, mm -hmm. we don't just stop and completely shut it down for an entire day. Um, better to give some optimal loading, you know, some yep. low volume throwing, light tosses, you know, keep the arm moving. It would be better for performance and returning faster and preventing injury. Those are, those are some areas that I like. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, good, good. So Benny, what is, you know, what is your advice to other little league coaches, but also to parents? You know, what do, should they be on the lookout for and really what should be kind of like the, the rules in your opinion? Yeah, I just, I mean, like I said, you know, controlling, um, the pitch count and, uh, you know, if you, if you have a concern with the coach, you know, bring it up, you know, a lot of times um, it can be a little intimidating, I think, for some parents to approach, you know, a coach sometimes. So just, um, you know, make sure you voice your, your opinion. And like I said, it's like, you know, an age or the age of the child times five is usually a pretty good, uh, you know, you can go a little higher depending on the child, you know, if they're, you know, maybe, you know, a little more seasoned or, you know, um, you know, they haven't pitched in a while, you know, can go you know things like that but um just being you know just taking care of your kid really. yeah, I mean, yeah exactly yeah and listening to them and and not being so pushy i think a lot of times too parents sometimes want it more than the kids do and i don't think that's good i mean it's good for parents to motivate their kids but ultimately it should be the kid wanting to do it and not to because I've seen it a couple of times where it's like the dad kind of lives the glory moments through the child, and I don't think that's a good and thing. Either. Yeah, and I can speak for myself. I've, I've, you know, I've kind of been there with my son, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you kind of check yourself, like, okay, well, if I, if I want him to continue playing, like he's gotta enjoy it. You know what I mean? And I can't put that pressure on him. So at the end of the game, it's just like you know, you might point out some things here or there where he can get better, but you know, proud of him, and you know, that way he kind of just you know, grows with it. You know? Yeah. And ultimately, it's okay if that's if this is not what he wants yeah, to do. Absolutely, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. That that's okay if you want to do a different sport or if you don't want to do a different so. sport. That's that's up to you. And you know, be active. But so, all right. Well, thanks. Anything else to add, Neil, Benny? No, no. I think I'm good. All yeah. right, good. Well, thank you guys. Um, hope everybody enjoyed this podcast and look forward to our next podcast coming up in a couple of weeks.